Race to Walk Podcast, Episode 17. Welcome to the Raised to Walk Podcast, where we're walking out the life of faith. Romans 6, verse 4 reads, As Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. And this show is designed to help you do just that. Now here's your host, Carla Alvarez. Welcome to the Race to Walk podcast. Today I'm going to be talking a little bit about the different ways that God speaks to you. So have you ever had times where you just know that God is talking to you through a series of events or messages? Sometimes I get that through Facebook. Sometimes different friends, all completely unconnected to each other, will post encouraging messages on the exact same topic in such a short period of time so that when I scroll through my feed, it's almost like one continuous dream. You know, I have awesome friends, but I also believe that God is always speaking to us, and some people are listening. I usually see a lot of streams of encouragement, but one on Monday, there was a definite stream. Um, it was actually more of a warning almost, a call to be ready, to be prepared, and for what, I, I'm not exactly sure, sure yet. But it started the day before in my Bible study. We've been in the book of John, and Sunday we were on John 19, 1 through 42, which is basically an account of Jesus' trial. And the religious leaders wanted to get rid of Jesus because he exposed their hypocrisy and threatened the status quo. So they falsely accused him and sent him before Pontius Pilate because they personally didn't have the authority to have him killed. Pilate didn't really want to have anything to do with it. He wanted to set Jesus free and said every way that he possibly could that he didn't take responsibility for Jesus' death. That he And then he literally washed his hands of it. The religious leaders cornered Pilate by saying, If you don't kill him, you're no friends of Caesar, friend of Caesar's. Now, a lot of the commentary on this was that Jesus was killed for solely political reasons, but I don't agree with that. It was only a political reason because Pilate was being a putz and wasn't willing to stand up to the bullies. He allowed them to manipulate and control his decisions. Just because they said he had to crucify Jesus or be a traitor didn't mean that that was actually the truth. He let them define the argument. The truth was there were continuous conflicts between the Roman government and the Jews. Everything wasn't all peace and light and then suddenly Jesus came along. Pilate could have just told Caesar, so here's the deal. The Jewish council can't stand this guy Jesus because he calls them out, but he hasn't actually done anything wrong. He could have just stood for truth and justice and done the right thing. But instead, Pilate operated out of fear and allowed the Jewish leaders to define the narrative instead of actually seeking the truth. And this was a quote that I think defined the whole class on Sunday from our Bible study. When we compromise or avoid the truth, we start to believe the lies of the enemy. When we start stop listening to God and operating out of fear, all kinds of horrible things can happen. And then the next day, when I looked at my Facebook feed, the conversation continued. So James Gall, who is an author, 
and a speaker posted be led by the spirit in order to be led you have to be a leader a leader does not drive you like a mule or an ox or a slave driver a leader leads and you follow I think that sometimes we think that if we truly submit to God's will that we're going to miss out on something else or that we won't be able to do something that we want to do Part of it stems from a lack of understanding of who God is and what he desires for us. In Jeremiah 29.11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And then in Matthew 11.28-30, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That is the kind of leader God is, the kind that Jesus exemplified in his life here on earth. A servant leader, even though he was the Almighty God who all earth submitted to, he came to serve and love others, and he told his disciples, in Matthew 23, 1-12, he said, Jesus spoke to the crowds and unto his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. Therefore, all that they tell you to do, do and observe, but do not do according to their deeds, for they say things and do not do them. They tie up heavy burdens and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are unwilling to move them with so much as a finger. But they do all their deeds to be noticed by men, for they broaden their phylacteries and lengthen the tassels of their garments. They love the place of honor at banquets and the chief seats in the synagogues, and respectful greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by men. But do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, and you are all brothers. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he who is in heaven. Do not be called leaders, for one is your leader, that is Christ. But the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. God doesn't go for the sit-back-and-dictate type of leadership, one of oppression and heaviness. He brings life, peace, and joy. He wants us to find rest in Him. And then, in another update, again by James Gall, there's an image that says, Be who God called you to be. And he ended with a comment like, I had a dream years ago calling me to be in Christ, to be the unique vessel God created me to be. Be who God, God called you to be. Be secure in it. So God has a purpose and a plan for each of us. And if we are ready and willing to trust him for that, it will be awesome. And then the very next update was uh, one from Paul Wilbur, who is a musician. And it says, until God opens the next door, praise him in the hallway. So we aren't always going to see the whole blueprint of the plan God has for us. Sometimes we might get our dream or prophetic word that gives us a piece of it, but we still have to trust God for the rest and also for the timing. Even in what the middle of what looks like a muddled up mess, we have to believe in who God is and that he is faithful to do what he said while we wait for the full picture to be revealed. In Zechariah 4, 6, it said, Then he said to me, This is a word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, 
saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And then there was an update from um, Derek Prince's ministry page. It says, there, there must come a time when we lay aside every attempt to justify ourselves and say, I receive by faith the righteousness of Jesus Christ imputed to me by my faith in him according to the word of God. Even on our best day, it's not about us. If we want to step into what God has for us, we have to walk in him and his will. That is the only way it will work. We can't do his will through our own efforts. We, on our own, will never be enough. But through Christ, we are more than conquerors, and that's exactly what Paul says in in Romans 8.37. When Jesus said, it's finished, he meant that it was all done. And that means we don't have to do anything else. In 2 Corinthians 6.2, it quotes Isaiah 49.8. And it says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. The next update was Isaiah forty four twenty two. I have swept away your sins like a cloud. I have scattered your offenses like the morning mist. Oh, return to me, for I have paid the price to set you free. Since it's already done, since Jesus is already the victor, we just have to stand firm in our faith. Ephesians six thirteen through 14 says, Therefore take up the full armor of God, so that you will be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with, the, with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. In order to stand firm, our foundation has to be based in truth. And then the next Facebook update was from Breaking Israel News, and it, it was a quote, of Deuteronomy 31.6, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. And while we're doing it, we need to remember Second Timothy 2.25-26, Gently instruct those who oppose the truth that God will change the, those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. And John Paul Jackson basically summed that whole verse up in a quote, Biblical meekness is the art of making a point without making an enemy. And also we need to believe Psalms 13.5 But I will trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. And that was an update from the radio station KSBJ. And then remember that when the enemy tries to spread his lies and keep us from focusing on the truth, that again, there was a whole, uh, the next update was an awesome devotional by um, Derek Prince. It was a a commentary on Psalms 143, 1-3. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. Answer me in thy faithfulness, in thy righteousness. And do not enter into judgment with thy servant for in thy sight no living man is righteous for the enemy has persecuted my soul he has crushed my life to the ground and then he goes on to say that the psalmist there was struggling with a dark force that attacks almost every one of us at some time or another the force of condemnation each of us has an enemy an accuser one who seeks to make us feel guilty and worthy 
one who reminds us of our failures and our shortcomings and our unworthiness, and if we let him go on speaking to us, he'll crush our life down to the ground. The answer is the answer that the psalmist found. He turned to God and he prayed, and he said, Give my ear to give ear to my supplications, answer me in thy faithfulness and in thy righteousness. When we are facing condemnation and a sense of unworthiness, it is most important that we don't listen to the enemy any longer, that we turn to God and that we appeal to God for our help, not on the basis of our righteousness or our faithfulness, but on the basis of God's righteousness and God's faithfulness. That is a way out from condemnation. That's the way back into victory. We don't ask God to enter into judgment with us. We ask him to answer us on the basis of his righteousness and his faithfulness. And when we do that, we are released from that dark power of condemnation. Derek Prince has a lot of awesome, awesome devotionals that they they post from his his teachings and his sermons that he's he delivered over the years. And so if you haven't liked his page, you should go and, and visit that. And then the very next update that was after that one was... Um, one from Casting Crowns, which is a band, a, a Christian music band, and they posted Philippians 1, 9 through 11. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. So all of these updates I just kind of did an overview of, these were all posted within an hour of each other. And it was just like a great way to start my week off. So the cliff notes of all this is what I felt the message of that day was, even that even when we think that we're going through injustice or a hard time, remember that it's nothing new. Jesus went through far greater injustice for us. And regardless of the immediate circumstances, God has a plan for us. We can know and walk in his will by recognizing what his nature is. We will have peace in his plan, not chaos. We're to have faith, stand firm, and know that he has already given us the victory. So thanks for joining me today for this episode, and I hope that you'll be encouraged that whatever you're facing today, whatever challenges or frustrations, that you remember that God is there with you, and He is willing to be right alongside you and help you through it. Uh, if you visit raisetowalk.org forward slash 17, there's an awesome recording of the song Victory is Mine sung by Judith Roberts at a special event at my church. And it's just, she's an amazing singer and it's an amazing song. And I hope you'll be uplifted and encouraged by, by this. So let's end this with a prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for all that you did for us on the cross. And help us, each one of us, to fully realize how much you love us and how much how much you went through to buy that victory for us. That we don't have to wait until we die someday to have eternal salvation. That it was so much more that you you paid the price for. That you suffered so that we could have peace. And that we could claim victory in you, Lord. Help us to remember that in you that we can walk as a victor. And not remain captive to all this, this bondage of condemnation. 
And I pray this all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Raised to Walk podcast. We'd love for you to continue to walk with us, so head over to raisedtowalk.org slash news to get free updates. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you next time. If you've been enjoying the Raised to Walk episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We also love to get feedback from our listeners, so tell us what you think by either rating or reviewing us on iTunes or Stitcher, or by sending us an email at contact at raisetowalk.org. We're excited to have you join us again next time for another episode of Raised to Walk.